What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the West Side Sports Podcast. As always, I am your host, Dakota Esri. If this is your guys' first time listening to the show, welcome. This podcast is free and available on all platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Index, much, much more. Today's podcast is going to be awesome. I've got a ton of content for you guys today. I got a bunch of stuff on around the world. I got a uh, unfortunate, very special man I'm going to dedicate this podcast to today and his family. We're going to get to that at the very end of today's podcast. I got a lot of Mariners. I got a breakdown of the crazy chaos madness that it was last night. I am pumped up, as you can tell. I got some Mariners, Hawks, uh, good around the world. And with that being said, let's get straight to it, shall we? Around the world starts out with the New York Knicks and Utah Jazz have re-engaged in trade talks for guard, excuse me, all-star guard Donovan Spider-Mitchell. Uh, this is a not a surprising move by any sort of, of the fashion and or means due to the fact that the Utah Jazz did trade Rudy Gobert in the offseason for a haul of picks going to the Minnesota Timberwolves. So I'm not surprised that they're wanting to rebuild all that good jazz. However, when it comes down to longevity for the you know fans of the Utah uh, Jazz in general, it's not a good look for this franchise. You're literally just putting up the white flag saying, well, we tried and we couldn't make it, so we might as well just try next year. And that's very disappointing, especially for the fact that they had a good long stretch of years with Joe Ingles, Mike Conley, Obviously, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, they had a good team. Uh, very competitive on the playoffs almost every season for probably the last five years. Uh, they've been having coaching problems the last few. But overall, I mean, the Knicks are trying to become a, pre- a prevalent team again. Yes, they went out and got Jalen Brunson in the offseason. There's a fair amount of investigation going on with tampering when it comes to that. But overall, the trade talks are beginning again between these two teams. We'll see if it comes to anything of fruition, but that's just the base, uh, minimum base report right now. Tiger Woods and other top golfers will, quote, meet this afternoon or this week in Delaware to rally support against the LIV Golf Tour. Myself, personally, I believe this is a giant waste of time. The reason why the PGA guys are trying to go against the Live Golf Tour is quite simple. Because the Live Golf Tour is actually a competitive market against them right now. They're plucking players left and right from the top 100 of the PGA. The PGA is getting nervous. Everybody who's been seeing and seeing like how this breakdown's been going through between the PGA and the Live Golf Tour, it all comes down to money. How well are you going to pay these guys? Like I've talked about countless times. You play golf for a handful of reasons. You go out with your buddies. You're trying to have a couple cold ones and laugh about some memories. Or you're trying to make some money. It's not. There's only a couple reasons why guys play golf all the time, right? Or unless you're retired and you have nothing else better to do. So you might as well just kill time. And I'm very jealous of it because obviously I'm not retired and I'm 30 years old. But overall, this is just myself personally. I'm sure everybody's going to have a different comment on this because they're like, live golf tour. It's just, you know, they're trying to dilute the the uh, competition. No, they're raising the competition is what they're doing right now. They're forcing the hand of the PGA. That's why I covered three podcasts ago that the PGA increased their overall price pool money for the upcoming season because live is paying more. So that's why guys are like, well, why would I stay with the PJ when the Liv's going to pay me more and the restrictions are, are half as uh, many or, you know, half as total as what the PGA has to offer? It makes no sense. So it's like, why would you work for one competitor that's paying you 
fifteen dollars an hour, twenty bucks an hour, and then now another competitor is offering you the exact same job with half of the amount of duties for half or twice as much money. Unless you have a great retirement benefit system, you're you're, you're gonna leave. That's just how how it goes, unfortunately. It's the world that we live in. Stuff isn't cheap. People gotta have bills to pay. Yada yada yada. It goes on. But I want to talk about that a little bit. I think Tiger Woods is barking out the wrong tree. Tiger, you should just be focusing on getting your back right, dude. You've had about five surgeries in the last God knows how many years. You're without a doubt the best golfer of my generation, of my lifetime. And instead of focusing on the politics of the of the PGA, how about you get your butt, your old man, on the golf course and figure your crap out? Like, I'm sick and tired of him complaining about live this and live that. How about you go live a little yourself, Tiger Woods, and go play the game that brought you recognition across the world, right? That's just that's just me, right? I'm gonna leave it there. Ian Rapport has stated that the Ravens are, quote, willing to give a massive contract to Lamar Jackson that will exceed the money for Kyler Murray, obviously because Lamar Jackson is a better quarterback than Kyler Murray. Everybody who knows football knows that. Um, better leader, better overall player, better skill set, you know, the list goes on. So be it. But um, if, you're, if you're the Ravens, you've actually been given a deadline. He pulled the Russell. Lamar pulled the Russell, right? He says, I will not have contract negotiations going on past week one of the regular season. The moment that regular season week one shows up, this conversation done is done. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Done. This conversation is flushed. And if you're the Ravens, get it done. Pay him. I don't care if you figure it out. He's not a tip, prototypical quarterback. He's not, you know... Uh, Aaron Rodgers, he's not Patrick Mahomes, he's not Joe Burrow, uh, you know, Josh Allen, the guy's out, they got a big arm. He's Lamar Jackson. He's the closest thing to Mike Vick we've seen since Mike Vick. So, pay the man, or else you're going to be like the Seattle Seahawks and try to figure out whether or not Geno freaking Smith and Drew Locke are going to be your, your your quarterbacks. Just saying. Just throwing out the two cents in the old wishing well there. Okay, um, there's been an information that just came to light about 10 minutes ago on Bleacher Report, right? That um, this is gonna get a little nasty between Tatis and the Padres. The Padres announced less than 10 minutes ago that the planned giveaway, which was initially a Fernando Tatis Jr. bobblehead on September 7th, will now be replaced with a Juan Soto Connect jersey bobblehead. Uh oh. This is firing shot, warning shot across the bow for a bare lack of a, you know, an expression, right? Padre saying, you done screwed up and we're sick and freaking tired of your crap. You go and break your wrist on a motorcycle accident like I talked about yesterday. Weren't supposed to be doing that. You could have went to Walmart and bought Lotrimin Ultra to kill your, your ringworm. Didn't do that. You took steroids instead. Now, all of the prospects they trade off, the biggest haul of prospects in a singular trade in the history of baseball has become nullified because Fernando Tatis Jr. is an idiot, a moron, and decided he tried to sneak the system. And if any person knows anything about PEDs in baseball, you're never going to get away with that crap. Ever. They are intensely screening every list of possible drugs that could give you an advantage because they don't want that in baseball anymore. It's very simple. I get really ticked off about this. And people are like, oh, this should bring steroids back because it would bring more popularity to baseball. Bull crap. 
Give me a break. Look at these athletes these days. Look at Aaron freaking Judge. He doesn't take steroids, you know? Look at a guy like Mitch Haniger. Hit 39 home runs. He don't take steroids. Juan Soto, no steroids. I go down the list. Bryce Harper, no steroids. Gets flushed that crap down the drain. I'm so sick of the narrative of people saying, he's just, you know, he did an accidental mistake, cut him some slack. No, I'm not cutting him slack. He's a professional freaking athlete. And you you chose to receive an injection in your ass, pardon my French, to get steroids to get some kind of an advantage. You were in double-A assignment. You have no longer needed any kind of a boost to get you healthy. If you're on a, a rehab assignment, you are supposed to be designated healthy enough to begin the assignment. That is part of the CBA of the MLB. This is a fact. So I don't want to hear this from Padres fans. I don't want to hear this from anybody trying to make an excuse for him. There is no excuse. He's an idiot. He's 22 years old, full smoke up to his ears and his brain about he thinks that his stuff don't stink. As I'm trying to cut that word out. I'm glad I didn't go that, 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 that other phrase I was going to say. I'm trying to make this as kid-friendly as I can. But I want these young kids to understand who are listening to, to my podcast and listening to this today and their family saying, this guy has a really good point. I'm trying to drill this home. You do not ever need any sort of drug to be great in any form of professional sports. I will say it again. I've talked about this in previous podcasts. If you are hurt, if you have a broken leg, if you're recovering from a torn Achilles, a uh, a tendon issue, a tendon tear, whatever you want to call it, a torn ACL, MCL, PCL, you need to regrow stuff, and you know that you that you can like take let's say a class one anabolic steroid right to increase blood flow to get you healthy but you know that you only need it for let's say two months out of your eight months right to restart the jetting the regenning process of your ligaments and soft tissue that you that you could have damaged right that's fine because you're giving yourself six months and you can take certain medications to flush out the toxins that you know as long as I show up on test day, D-Day, that I will that I will pee clean, test clean, whatever you, however they do it these days. I don't know. But I, I've been seeing this all over the place, the people defending Tatis, and it's absolutely ridiculous. Get over yourselves. Realize that a young kid made a stupid mistake. He, had, he won't admit to it. He's going to have everybody cover up for him because he doesn't have the cojones to stand up for himself, address the media like he should have done the first day this came out and say, look, I made a mistake. I made a problem and I'm going to fix this myself as a man should. Don't have somebody else to fix my own problems. That's not what, you know, it's not what respectable men do in this world. Apologize for that rant. That needed to come off of, off of my chest because that just literally sets a fire in me that I cannot put down. Okay. That's that. Anyways, Mariners, uh, first, first section today, I got Hawks, and then I got a dedication section at the end, and then we're going to hop out. Uh, the date for the 2023 All-Star Game has been officially announced at T-Mobile Park for July 11th, 2023, which is great. I can't wait to be there. I will be there either for Home Run Derby or for the All-Star Game, probably for, for the Home Run Derby, just so I can maybe catch a home run ball. That'd be great, obviously. It's kind of like a bucket list dream for a lot of us diehard baseball fans. Obviously, last night's game was crazy. Uh, the collision at the wall between Julio and Mitch Hanniger, Um, the home run that was should have been a home run, and MLB Baseball made a statement saying that yeah, that was a home run. It hit the foul pole. If like that is the pole that designates between in play and out of play. I've seen this on Twitter count countless times, right? And it seems like the only people that are trying to dispute this are Angels fans. No, did no due disrespect. You do not have the caveat. 
to try and explain as to why we did not earn a run on that swing. It bounced deflected off the foul pole. It does not matter if it if it go deflects in or or it goes out. It doesn't matter. If the ball hits that pole, is a designated home run every single time and for some stupid reason, right? And I haven't seen the John Boy breakdown. I'm sure he's going to do a thick one on this too that the call on the field initially was a home run. That was the call from the crew chief on the field. A moment upon uh, the moment after the home run was called, the home plate umpire, unsure of what actually happened, reached out to the crew chief in the field. I believe he's playing first base last night or being the first base umpire. The first base umpire then immediately changed the ruling on the field to a foul ball. So when they reviewed it, all they had to confirm was that it, it was a foul ball, not the fact that it was a home run. That is a crock of crap. That's like collusion. That is a definition of collusion is what that is. Is when you have an, in a, it's like in football. It's like the Roby Coleman thing. That was a blatant, egregious pass interference in a playoff game. And it was like, oh, we didn't see anything. We didn't see anything. And all of a sudden, they're like, oh, yeah, we just kind of dropped the ball on that. No. What the hell is this? You are professional umpires. How hard is it not to hear if Julio Rodriguez with 107 mile an hour off the mile, mile per hour off the bat crack to hit off a foul pole? It's going to ring like the Liberty Bell. Give me a break. I don't want to hear that. That is inexcusable Poor umpiring. And it's another reason why the umpires in all of baseball, I think there is one that we've seen, I've seen the last three months that was actually worth a crap. He should stay. Everybody else, gone. Cut him. I don't even care. They're all bad. Angel Hernandez, we all know. C.B. Buckner, oh God, we all know. They're, they're awful, right? But the fact that Julio had that home run taken away from him, and it was clear as day, and Julio, who never makes it, who never complains, he's a very positive guy. It's one of his things that he, we all love about Julio is his positive, never-ending uh, mentality and how he intera intera interacts with his teammates, right? He even stayed at the end of the game. Yeah, that's a home run, and everybody knows it was a home run, but we still won, so that's all, that's all that matters. Ha! Angels. Ha! Umpires who couldn't do their job. You got a 21, 20 year old kid trying to tell you guys, I don't care if you can't see the fact or hear the fact that ball just hit, hit that pole, we'll still win the game, right? And getting into why we won that game last night, obviously it starts with Luis Castillo. Six innings pitched, six, uh, six hits, two runs, one walk, nine strikeouts. The inning of chaos, the ninth inning, starts out with the, with the Julio crack, right? Hits it super hard, doesn't know what to do. Sam Haggerty has such a high level of baseball intelligence. God bless you, Samuel Haggerty. God bless you. You are a beautiful, smart man. I don't care if people say that I call the man beautiful. I don't really care. It's what I do. It's my own personal thing. Whatever, right? But the fact that you have baseball players like Dylan Moore, like Sam Haggerty, like Julio, JP, who have such high baseball intellect and know what they're supposed to be doing all the time. That's what you need to be having when you're trying to get towards a playoff contention push, right? So overall, the Angels just dropped the ball. Phil Nevin, you suck. You just flat out suck at your job. You know, John with Jesse Winker twice because Jesse Winker still owns you. Get over it. You're an abomination and a disgrace to the league, to the logo and the league of Major League Baseball, Phil Nevin. You know, I don't know many people that know this. There's a story of when Phil Nevin was a catcher and it was an actual MLB professional catcher, right? He ordered two different intentional hits. 
or hit by hit by pitch on 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 players that he chose as a vendetta as, as a player so you're trying to tell me that you know all you can't teach an old dog new tricks well apparently it died same thing with phil nevin you know just i've been hearing some rumblings that there could be a guy getting hit early inside the ball game today. This is just a uh, suspicion. I have no concrete evidence upon this whatsoever. It's just what I've been hearing among the little Twitters, you know, the, the, the Twitter sphere, whatever you, what you want to call it. But overall, the Mariners kind of irritated the Angels. And they kind of deserved it, you know. Joe Adele strikes out on, on a pitch that hits him in the hand. Whoops, sorry, kid. You know, everybody has that once once in a while. We do our, cel our celebratory dance, right? It is what it is. We've been doing it all season. Phil Nevins glaring at Scott Service and that team. Like, how dare you celebrate on our field while this guy is hurt? Hey, doofus. You threw up twice on Mitch Hanniger. Up by his head. Mitch Hanniger, at least he has more respect than Mike Trout to not go back to his mama and his manager and say, they're trying to throw up my head. It's not fair. Mitch Hanger is an actual man. He's a ball player. He doesn't give a damn whether or not you try and make something intentional. All he wants to do is break your heart and beat your team and get the dub. Phil Nevin, you're a joke. You're a disgrace. You are such an embarrassment to this league and to this baseball that I love so bloody much that the moment he gets fired, which should have been months ago, and the fact that Texas fired Chris Woodward before the fact that Phil Nevin got the proverbial boot up his butt, then this is ridiculous. It really is. And the Angels, they're just reaffirming every single statement I've made about this organization. You're a clown organization who makes cowardly choices on, and that is health hazard to players and just act like that. Oh, we're just the Angels. Everybody likes the Angels for a respective franchise. Shut up. Nobody cares. You guys haven't won 80 ball games one season that Shohei Otani's been an angel, a generational player, one of the best players in the history of the game. You guys are you guys are terrible. Get off my lawn. I'm so sick and tired of talking about them. Next pitching matchup today is going to be Robbie Ray versus Jose Suarez. I can't wait for this. I hope Robbie fans like 12 of these guys and we just smear these angels into the ground because I am so sick and tired of these guys. You know, I get fired up about the Houston Nationals because they cheat. I get fired up about the Angels because they plunk players and they play dirty. Apparently, the AL West is just like the bad boys, you know, conference. Whatever you, you, you want to call it. The bad boys wing of the hospital. You know, however you, you want to frame it. That's fine. But you want to play with fire? Get burnt. And the Mariners are red hot right now. So you better get like some, you know, heat resistant gloves and prepare yourself. Because if you don't, you'll be about to get burnt. And I hope you all get scalded. Anyways, enough of that little fiery report. Seahawks. I got some stuff today about the Hawks. And then we got the wrap up and we're out. Um, Brady Henderson of uh, ESPN has reported that rookie running back Ken Walker will get as many carries and playing time as Rashad Penny due to the fact that the Seahawks do not know how healthy Penny will be throughout the course of the season. Obviously, um, for the Hawks fans, we all know that Rashad Penny has been a injury prone player. When he played uh, consistently at the end of the year, we all saw what happened. He was the best running back in football for the last six games or so. Um, better than Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry, obviously, um, Joe Mixon, the list goes on. But overall, not a huge shocker, but just another uh, a reaffirming note that Ken Walker is doing and proving everything that he was built and slated to be, which is why the Seahawks drafted him with the 43rd overall pick, if I remember correctly. Jake Curhan, Phil Haynes, did a great job playing right guard. I'm going to talk a little bit more about Phil Haynes uh, here in a couple minutes. 
But overall, I want to give both those guys uh, some love, some recognition for playing outstanding at right guard yesterday. Both these players are pushing really hard for right guard starting spot. Gabe Jackson, I could see being traded here pretty soon within the next week or so. Um, he is still re rehabbing from an injury, but you can trade players as long as they pass and clear a physical. Um, team that could be interested in him probably be Tampa Bay due to the fact that the Buccaneers have a ton of offensive line injuries are piling up right now, unfortunately. Uh, we uh, all know Tom Brady's gone for extended leave of absence for personal reasons. And I'm sure a part of that is the fact that he's lost two starting linemen in preseason or in training camp so far this season. And I'm from Tom Brady. I don't want to get sacked the whole time because Giselle is going to kick my proverbial butt for doing so. Um, rookie tackles, Charles Cross had a lot of zero pressures yesterday or on Saturday, excuse me, during the preseason game number one. Abe Lucas had one pressure allowed, had a pancake uh, block on his first snap of his uh, career. I'm so impressed with these two tackles. If you walk out with the preseason or walk out with this season with two bookend tackles, the Seahawks had one of the top five drafts in all of the league, and it's not even close. Even if you draft a quarterback and do well, two tackles is almost the same equivalency to me as, as a quarterback. Maybe the quarterback's still a little bit more, obviously, because the most valuable position in all of sports. But having two tackles of that young and that much uh, club control is going to be a huge upside. Obviously, it's just a one game, but we'll see what happens going past that. Uh, the Pro Football Focus rated the Hawks offensive line as top five in week one for their preseason game. Really bummed about this. I touched a little bit about this yesterday. Wide receiver Cody Thompson will officially miss the 2022 season due to a shoulder injury. He has been placed on IR. Uh, first set of roster cuts are due to do at some point today. This has not happened quite yet. I'm trying to look up my phone as we speak, trying to get an update to see whether or not they have started this but as far as i can tell they don't have anything announced currently um they have to cut down excuse me i believe to 70 something today so when that comes out i will have an updated thing um yeah it looks like i'm um, excuse me i'm just kind of doing update as we speak i'm not seeing anything overly specific right now when it comes down to roster cuts but i will have that on tomorrow's podcast as long as it is brought to uh the media's attention which they always do Player highlights. These are the guys that shined, and then I got a couple guys who didn't do so well, and then we're going to hop out with a shout-out. Uh, Dariq Young, between the four receptions, 30 yards, and a touchdown, his ability to run block, special teams contributions, along with the fact that he's one of the top, uh, one of the first few players to consistently get to the VMAC on a daily basis during training camp, is really pushing for a 52-man roster spot, especially with the fact that wide receiver Cody Thompson uh, is out with the shoulder injury on IR, opens up a spot for him on the 52-man roster. Um, I talked about Phil Haynes a couple minutes ago. He earned the highest grade of any player on the Seahawks roster for Seahawks uh, preseason game number one from Pro Football Focus. He is pushing and forcing the hand of Pete Carroll to start him at right guard. Um, having a competition between him and Jake Curhan is fantastic right now. Um, I think that they probably will trade Gabe Jackson, just kind of looking at it from a 30,000 feet perspective. Just due to the fact that they can save some money, um, let the young kids, uh, and Phil Haynes has got a basketball background. He moves really well at 320, 325 pounds. Uh, big wall of a man. Uh, late draft pick out of Wake Forest. Just a good story. And he's earned a spot, and he's earned his reps, and he's earning his reputation and his respect within this roster. And I would expect him to continue to push and start Thursday uh, with the first team offensive line. You'll probably see him or Jake Curhan, maybe a, a, a swap or a uh, rotation of those two to keep him fresh. 
Bo Melton had a pretty rough start to training camp. Um, didn't uh, really have a great overall first week or so through the camp. Uh, just kind of battled injuries, was unable to get on the field. However, had a great job, uh, just route savvy route running in the first preseason game. Led the team in receiving yards. Uh, again, I talked about this Cody Thompson injury, but it is a big deal due to the fact that he was anticipated to make a roster spot. But without him being on the roster for the season, can possibly open up a spot for him to make the roster with the current team. Some guys that didn't do so well, um, you know, it's unfortunate. Uh, Kobe Parkinson didn't play really well. Obviously, that some of the players, like the quarterbacks, uh, were okay. Um, nothing overly flashy out of them. Obviously, we all saw that Geno uh, didn't do as well as Drew Locke as far as uh, putting the pushing the ball down the field. Geno did Geno-like things. D- uh, just dinking and, da- and dacking it around. Not trying to make a Dak Prescott joke, but that was a good opportunity to do so. But uh, overall, Kobe Parkinson's been disappointing. Um, I have not been overly thrilled uh, with some of their other wideouts. A couple of them got cut yesterday, like Derek Thompson and some stuff like that. But uh, that was just kind of the offensive side. Austin Blythe, the center, I'm really concerned about. I don't like his the continued low snap problem. They might address this. Might see if they can maybe bring back Justin Britt. Uh, Justin Britt was a really, really good center for them for a long time. Um, but that's just kind of a shot in the dark on that. And we'll kind of see what happens. I will have defensive takeaways coming on tomorrow's podcast. Today's is kind of more of an offensive look and breakdown but uh today's podcast is going to be dedicated to a young man that had a very uh sad and tragic accident at the little league world series his name is easton oliverson i apologize if i got that last name wrong uh this is just kind of a story i wanted to bring to light at the end of today's podcast um i do not know if there is a gofundme or anything up quite yet i will do some research into that if i find a link i will post that up in my sports group on facebook sports in the northwest um unfortunately uh easton oliverson uh, is a little league world series player who was uh recently induced into a medically induced coma due to the fact he fell off his bunk bed while staying at the Williamsport uh, uh a little center there a little spot for the teams to stay and rehab and rest their players uh, he fell off his bunk bed unfortunately and sustained a fractured skull and cheekbone he has made it through a successful surgery and his brain is reacting well post-surgery which is obviously blessed and wonderful thing my thoughts and prayers go out to him and his family and his players um and everybody involved with that situation very sad very sad situation um if there is a gofundme if you guys can just toss maybe a couple bucks out to his family trying to help out with their medical expenses all that stuff um that would be greatly appreciated um if i can find it i'll be tossing some money into it also trying to just just, you know put a little bit good grace towards this young man who had a very unfortunate accident and uh thoughts and prayers go out to him and his family and uh wishing him a speedy recovery and hoping everything goes as well and on the track so he can go back to playing the sport that he loves so very much thank you guys so much for listening to today's podcast if you guys enjoyed the content and the conversation and the overall topics i covered today please do me a favor and subscribe leave a rating and share this podcast on any platform possible all of that is really appreciated it helps me out a ton i'll be working on tomorrow's podcast to get that up to date with the latest roster cuts for the seattle seahawks obviously we got a big baseball game with the mariners tonight um again thoughts and prayers go out to the all oliverson family eason hope you pull through buddy hope you uh fight hard and uh just know that we're all rooting for you kid go hawks go mariners csris